Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Brighthawk's positive perspective and Lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. We're so glad you're tuning in and we are so excited to bring soul astrology to you. I'm Hollis Taylor and I'm the I'm one of the hosts of the show and we have Bright Hawk. I'm Bright Hawk. And, and I'm Lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can always look back in our history and find out more about us, but we are excited to do um, the history. I mean, to do the soul astrology. <laughs> okay, so just I'm just gonna warn everybody: Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah. I'm a Virgo, and it's ruled by Mercury. Mars is in Gemini, and Gemini is also ruled by Mercury. So I sometimes will quickly say things that I'm like, oh, no, 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 not that. <laughs> um, okay, so if I do that, please forgive me. <laughs> it's like retract, retract. That's, that's going to probably happen a few times. So welcome, welcome. And I would love to take a moment to take a few breaths and get ourselves in a space where we can receive the information we're going to take a deep breath in. And blow out fear. Remember, my friends, that everything happens for a reason. So take another deep breath in. And blow out worry. Worry doesn't fix anything. Said the Virgo. <laughs> Take another deep breath in. Blow out. Feel your body relax and open to receiving messages that will bring us to our higher selves and help us be more present in our coming week. <sighs> May you be blessed. And may you walk into your higher self. have been doing the recorded podcast and 
we have had some feedback that you guys do like the predictions, the soul astrology weather for the week. I don't always know that it's a prediction. Prediction probably would require more details, but the weather for the week is just sort of like, okay, so I should be prepared that I could lose my temper or whatever. And that's what we mean when we say we're bringing our soul astrology to you is to tell you what's going to happen in the next coming week, how the energies might feel and how to manage yourself in that experience. And as a few queers here, we all have our own perspective and we all come from different places, but we all provide a different insight and um, way, I guess, of navigating these energies. So, um, so I want to say I appreciate um, you guys doing this with me. I'm going to bring up, first of all, I want to just bring up a general chart um, because um, there's a couple of things that won't really change a whole lot depending on what your sign is. Um, like that, you know, Mercury's retrograde right now, friends. So, or it's in its shadow period anyway. Um, and that's going to mean that things are kind of, you know, communication, it will affect a different part of your life. So you need to take a look at, first of all, are you a Virgo? So that means that your happy birthday, this is, let's start with happy birthday to all the Virgos. The sun is in Virgo yes. right yeah. now, and certain special somebodies, this one that I love very dearly, is a Virgo. I'm a Virgo rising. So this is the season of Virgo. And when we talk about Virgo, we're talking about a grounded earth sign, right? We're talking about um, their Virgos are very nurturing. They're very observational. Let me just talk a few minutes, a few seconds about mm -hmm. Virgo, the yeah. season of Virgo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Virgo, you know, they like to give a, Virgos sometimes get a reputation for being super organized. Don't look around this computer right now, because there's not a damn thing. It, there is a pile of mail right there that has to be opened, and there's some paperwork that needs to be organized. No, that's not what it means. They get a bad rap for that, and it's really not it also, necessarily true at all. Yeah, and sometimes uh, there's also some misconceptions about Virgo that Virgos tend to be kind of anal retentive or whatever about our things and stuff like that. And I don't really experience that. So I would also say that just because you're you have a Virgo son, I would not bet that you're all that Virgo. Actually, she's more because Virgo than me. Your rising sign. <laughs> What is on your ascendant, your rising sign is super important about how you present to the world and can be even more influential in some respects about your personality and how you do you. So it's good to know that the top three things that we're always talking about that we're always saying are good to know is obviously your sun sign, your rising sign that we just talked about, and your moon. Mm -hmm. Knowing where those where those three are positioned helps you a lot and will help you understand when we're talking about the soul astrology weather because all of that influences how your personal experience is going to flow. 
Mm -hmm. So Virgo can be very nurturing. Lacrosse, aren't you on the cusp? Yes, uh, I'm. I'm born right on the cusp, and my ascendant is, <clears throat> excuse me, Virgo. So as the Virgo rising in the group, I would say that what we have in common is we like things taken care of. Hmm. We like to make sure everyone's taken care of, that things are taken care of, that things are the way they should be. We're the ones that help manifest that. That's what I would say about Virgos that, um, yeah. Virgos are also usually pretty nurturing caregivers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also Virgo can be so, con so can sometimes be a little, if you have a strong Virgo placement, self-criticism, mm, especially to to. in the rising position. Um, but I noticed I, I did it too. Worry and self-criticism are kind of our shadow pieces. Very much. Um, and I definitely worry. Um, I try not to. So I always remind myself that worrying doesn't do anything. And um, as far as like um, self-criticism and stuff, I usually just, when I hear myself saying those things, I consider them sometimes. And then I try to say, all right, we can take a break from that now. And I just kind of. Yeah. I know I, I, I try to, because I have the same thing, the Virgo rising. And I try to, I think it's turn it from self-criticism into self-awareness. Because <clears throat> that's what I. I usually do is because it is easy to become very critical of yourself and say, oh, my God, I did that. Shouldn't have done that. Or, oh, what was I thinking? Instead of saying, hey, hmm, OK, I see what I did. Let's take a little accountability here and let's be a little bit more aware. So it's 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 like it goes to that. What's helpful? What's not helpful? You know, with the signs. Yeah, and because, being on the cusp of lacrosse, that's going to mean that you have a little mixture of Libra and, and Virgo kind of in the same person. Yeah, and I got to be fair to myself because I'm a Libra. <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> hey, that's a good use of that. Yeah. Um, I have to be fair. I have to be fair. If I'm fair with everybody else and justice, then I got to bring that in and, and be fair with myself. That's a good use of the cusp. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to just say on the positive qualities of Virgo is because Mercury is the ruler of, of Virgo and Mercury rules communication, many of the people I know who are Virgos are very good writers. I don't know, published authors. Uh, <laughs> I have a number of friends that are that fit that category of very good communicators, yeah. mm -hmm. whether it's written or uh, spoken good communicators. Yeah. So, you know, right now you might notice that your communication might be a little rough or you might hit some speed bumps in that, in that, um, especially uh, around technology. So right now would be a great time, although you probably should have done it last week, but you, um, you should back up your computers, your information, anything like that. I would do that now as soon as possible. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend signing a con if you can put off a contract or put off a new deal or a new thing, um, do that. Put it off um, until Mercury comes out of retrograde, which I'm, I'm now thinking. And, and the rule is if you can't, if your life is demanding you to take action in whatever way it is, 
you just go with the flow because you got to do your life. Mm -hmm. But when you have a choice, and that's what we're talking about, if you have a choice and there's an opportunity to, I could put this off another month, should I? Yes. <laughs> You're in control. That's the main message we always want to have for you is you are in control. Yes. And I'm so grateful that we're having this, you know, this experience with the Mercury retrograde. Mars is in Gemini right now. It will go retrograde, but not for October a little while 30th. now. Yeah, not until Halloween. Okay. So Mars, it mostly, it mostly will make its um, arrangement in your life as it comes into the sign and if it crosses any planets in gemini okay so if you have any planets sun any whatever you have there um the Mar mars is going to go over it when it does you might feel it okay and that's when you're going to feel it the most okay when it comes in or if it goes over any planets in your chart that happen to be in gemini okay and whatever house that is in that's where it will affect your life so you know there there's lots of cheat sheets out there about the houses and i try to explain the houses as we go too um and the other big thing that's happening that um i'm looking at right now is the sun and neptune are in opposition um so that that could create some tension like you want to go this way and your vision may be different you have to go this way but the vision is different so especially if um i would check any of the visions or belief systems that you have to make sure that they're not in delusion because with that neptune sun opposition neptune is the planet that's associated with dreams it's water right neptune is not water and so it's it, it can be very emotional it can be very illusory so i imagine with the sun opposite it that it could light things up in a way that you might see things that you didn't expect to see or maybe you maybe your what you thought was your dream changes a little maybe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. could be or you could figure you could um if you tap into the right energies i would say tap into that mars and gemini it will help you come more to uh away from delusions so be aware of delusions and illusions mm -hmm. where you see one thing one way but it's actually this way mm. um so that that would be my warning right now in that would it be, um, would it be safe to say that the sun is shining a light on it like clearing it that's what i was getting yeah it could be yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, like when you have illusions, it's like you're kind of blur everything's blurry, you know, so if the sun's there, it's like, oh, wait, what you think? It's like a mirage until you get there. You don't know it's a mirage. And maybe the right. sun is like clearing it up and saying, hey, that's a mirage. That's not really there. That's not really what you think it is. And we're one we're beginning the shadow period of Mars and Gemini and the shadow period prior to a retrograde is some of us feel those especially if you have that planet in retrograde um 
And the other part of it is Gemini is critical thinking, right? Gemini is air. It's very quick thinking. It's really evaluating everything. Gemini's the twins, right? So they could literally argue both sides, which also means, I've said it before, Mars and Gemini, things are going to have to get done multiple times. I know I've been doing the laundry for the last two days and I'm a good. Why can't it just get happen right on the first time? <laughs> so yeah. separate that out. But um, <laughs> Gemini is the thinker. And so the thing that I'm became aware of, as you said that lacrosse is that we are two, we are entering eclipse season. We are two months before the election. November 8th is a full lunar eclipse. And then of course the new moon prior to a lunar eclipse is the solar eclipse. So eclipse season always has intensity and eclipse season now will be in Scorpio, right? And so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And Scorpio, Scorpio is truth. You must honor the truth. Scorpio is kind of intense about that. Like, don't lie to a Scorpio, but you get stung. <laughs> okay, that's like a really bad idea. <laughs> um, honor the truth that Scorpio brings and, you know, really powerful. And the other thing that I'm seeing in this chart, the other opposition that stands out is, of course, Mercury in opposition to Jupiter. So you could, you know, Jupiter is in Aries and it's it's in retrograde. So this could be very much internal about some new ideas or something like that that you have. You may need to sit on them for a little while. Keep thinking on them. Um, don't bring them out to the world right yet. Just keep sitting on them. Write them in your little journal for later. Um, write things down and stuff like that. But don't actually bring them out in the world quite yet we're not it's not quite ready yet although I will say that there could be like exactly what lacrosse is saying is like a wow like you the so the opposition of Neptune and the Sun could actually also trigger the trine which is a blessing and sometimes something we take for granted okay um, but right now the sun in Virgo, which is very nurturing, is in a trine to Pluto, which is in Capricorn, which we've been struggling with, with for quite some time now, for the last couple of years. And um, it's also trining um, uh, Uranus over in Taurus. And so they're kind of all trining each other, making what we call a grand trine. So a grand trine is definitely something you're going to take for granted. It's going to feel so easy that you forget to say thank you, okay? That's can be good, especially around money and business and stuff like that and earthy, when you think of earthy things. So not just money and business, but like, you know, gardens and harvest and, um, and everything that's kind of earthy and grounding. You may even find that even if you see that illusion, you're like, oh, that was an illusion. You may find that you also are very easily grounded. So if you find yourself getting upset, go put your feet on the earth, go touch a tree, touch a stone, something like that, because that's going to work really well right now. <laughs>
and try to remember to say thank you um, to those earthy things because that's that's pretty that that feels like a pretty big deal to me. Um, and I think I've heard a couple of astrologers say it, but I'm looking at it and I'm going, whew, that could actually kind of calm things down and kind of earthy things. And that could be really good, especially for our politics right now, um, because things are such a hot mess and Mars and Gemini, uh-oh, and, you know, and even the sun uh, in opposition and, and Mercury in opposition to Jupiter, those kinds of more tension building aspects. But with the trine and Earth, I'm hoping that that just grounds all of our energy. So my friends, I hope that you'll help me focus on that because what you want is what you uh, create. And so the more of us that are creating um, a grounded energy for everyone that if we are faced with a challenge, that we're able to connect to that ground real fast. That maybe helps us with some rebirth and some revolution, maybe brings forth some revolutionary ideas. Because Pluto's about rebirth, Uranus is about revolution, and Sun is about where we're going, right? Where we're headed and where we're shining our rays. So be aware of those grounding. So when you, you know, you get really pissed off um, at the dryer and then you <laughs> you go outside and ground and put your feet on the ground and touch a tree and take a few breaths you probably find the answer pretty quickly okay so um so that could be really helpful i think um the moon is also in aries right now and um it's in a hard aspect with pluto so that could create um emotional distress around it but like i said just Get yourself grounded again okay and uh those are the main things that i see right now uh mars is in a challenging um mars is in a challenging position with the sun and with venus um but it's in a positive position with mercury so if you already have some action that you're doing keep doing that don't stop doing it Okay, um, and if you must stop doing it for some reason, communicate as to why. But your but Mars with the Sun and Mars with Venus um, could create some challenges around money and where you're headed. So it's probably a good idea to stay grounded right now. Try not to let uh, that Mars and Gemini take you away too far up in the head. Um, that you know that would be. Anything else we need to add before we talk about all of the signs? I've ha I've prepared this um, this this week's to go through each one of the signs to tell you where in your life this might affect you. So this would be if your sun sign is in the you know in that position, or your rising, or your moon. Okay, and you can also listen for Venus and Mars. You're just going to want to apply more of a Venus and Mars um experience to it venus is about values love and money and mars is about action war and um yeah that kind of energy <laughs> aggression but sometimes it can also be assertiveness okay so this one we're going to start with aries 
Um, and I'm going to say that Aries, uh, the moon is in your first house. So emotions about yourself, take them in. Especially related to Pluto up there in um, Capricorn, up in the 10th house, like work and stuff. So you might, Aries might be finding themselves kind of like, am I doing the right thing at work? And that kind of energy. So if you're feeling that kind of thing, just it's okay. Try to give yourself a break. Try to tap into that grand trine that's going on with Pluto and just go upstairs outside and touch a tree. Try to welcome the moon's energy and the lessons and maybe reflect for yourself. Um, reflect on, on why you think that about yourself. But I wouldn't spend too much time on it, okay? Because it's going to pass pretty quickly. Um, and with Uranus also in your first house, if you're starting to make some changes, revolutionary changes, pay attention to that, okay? Um, that's actually a good thing. That's part of the trine. So you want to go ahead and, like, try to integrate those changes. Unless they're presented to the outside world, I would give it a little bit more time first, okay? Unless you're really called to, then please do that, okay? Um, yeah, and I would uh, be aware of its connection to the system. Because uh, it's in a hard, Uranus is in a hard aspect to Saturn. Okay. If Neptune and Pisces in the 12th house, wouldn't that say some things are going to feel uh, mysterious? Yes, Aries, you could definitely be finding yourself with major illusions. So please take the time to research things. See if things are really what you think they are. Um, find some good evidence. Uh, consider your source. Um, those kinds of things are the kinds of things I'm going to recommend for Aries in particular. Because with Neptune in your 12th house, illusion could be easy. You may just sort of read something and then take that for truth. And then next thing you know, it's got you running away. Um, also, you want to pay attention to any visions or downloads you get that are spiritual because those are going to, um, those are going to kind of, they'll, they'll be part of, they'll integrate in what you may not notice about yourself right now. So the 12th house is all about the unseen. It's also about ancestors, mediumship. So if you're a medium, um, pay attention to this time, especially if it's pulling on your health so if you find yourself doing or any kind of psychics really if you're doing any kind of readings and then you feeling it kind of pull back on you and exhaust you and maybe bring up some health things please take time for yourself you need to step back a little bit because that neptune in the 12th house is in opposition to the sun in the sixth house so in particular, Aries, mm. psychics, you just want to be careful of like your visions leading you to maybe unhealthy choices or things that aren't really good for your day-to-day -day life. Okay. And... Yeah, pay attention to your dreams. Yes, listen to your <laughs> dreams, listen to them. And come and see lacrosse. <laughs> Get your dream interpretation. Oh, right? I... Lacrosse, don't do too many readings now. <laughs> no, no. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so okay. we just want to look at that. Aries and now, to Taurus. 
Oh, Taurus. Taurus. Right. Aries to Taurus and Gemini. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So Taurus, the moon is in your 12th house. So you may not even be aware that you're feeling such a way. And then suddenly someone will be like, all right, now you are pissed off. And you're like, I am. Okay. Yes. So if that's happening, especially um, on September the 12th, um, the moon by the end of the week is going to move down into your first and second house. So, you know, it will move very quickly, but on the 12th or so, you'll probably feel um, the transits are on the outside, which are the 18th and the 12th is what's in the middle. So when you're looking at these charts, you know what, what I've done here. So I just put the, the 12th, the beginning of the week in the natal, and I put the end of the week as transits. Um, and I did that so that I can see where is the moon going to move to? Where will it be by the end of the week? So by the end of the week, it will be down in Gemini. So it is going to move across, uh, across, you know, through Taurus. So um, if you have a Taurus sun, a Taurus moon, um, Taurus rising, you're going to feel it. Okay. But it could be a good thing. You could have an emotional awakening or an emotional release. Okay. Especially since especially something that could help you um, with the system because the moon is see the positive aspect to Saturn there, um, Saturn in the 10th house. I don't have a pointer on this. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, and so the moon, the moon is the obvious moon sign over in the 12th house on the left-hand side. And Saturn looks like an H with a plus sign on the top. Okay, and it's up in Aquarius there. You can see it doesn't move very much in that week, but the moon is going to start off the week with an emotional download that might just kind of open you up very quickly to something that will help you, especially in the system. Okay, so that would be uh, something that stands out from back here. Um, and as well, you know, we still have that grand trine, so Taurus. You know, the Uranus is in your sign right now. So it's been there for a while. So just grasp a hold of that um, revolutionary energy and allow it to transform you. Allow it to transform you because Tauruses are very grounded anyway. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, any questions before we move on? I think that's good. Okay. And um, again, now we're going to move into Gemini. Mars is in Gemini. And by the end of the week, the moon will be in your, in, uh, in Gemini. So whatever's in Gemini, moon's about to move over across it. Okay. And um, just be aware that the, the moon is um, intuition, it's emotions, um, and can sometimes have to do with like mother, can also have to do with your cycle if you have one. So if you're a person that happens to have ovaries, that happens to cycle, you may notice some, uh, you should pay attention to the way the moon interacts with your cycle. Okay? Because I assure you, it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay? And, um, and you know, uh, pay attention also to the visions again but now neptune is up in the 10th house so this might be about work for you 
okay? And it's in opposition to how you're feeling inside and what you feel is right about you and what you've been taught right from wrong, okay? So some sort of illusion could come up for you and you need to be paying attention to that because it will matter, okay? Try to get grounded and see what Mother Earth offers you in a resolution to that kind of struggle. Any anything? Um, well, since since it's since it's in Mars and it's in Gemini, and their Moon is going through it, like would you would I be wrong to say that careful with their emotions and their reactions to others on how it could come out? You know. Uh, because, you know, it's, there's two sides. So you may be thinking you're giving one side and you're actually giving another. And that's what people are going to, people perceive what they see. And so I guess it's just being aware of your emotions and being aware on how you're reacting or handling people around you and careful that it doesn't come off too aggressive, you know, and also, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> And that's a really good reminder that we usually are much better and prouder of ourselves when we take time to breathe and respond versus yes. react. Right. It's going to be a little harder the, these coming months. The times that we're in, if they feel intense, it's because they are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, each day is a new opportunity to try to do it the best we can. So. And we are having these intense times for a reason. Yeah. We're having these intense times because our world has to change. And I think all of us would agree with that. Like, no matter what side you're on, all of us agree that our government is, in, at least in the United States, is screwed up and we need to change it. We need to shift it. Some things need to shift. And I think everybody can agree with that. And um, how that shifts, well, that's why Uranus is in Taurus. We're hoping we can come up with some great ideas, okay? And so don't be afraid to engage that Uranus right now and even go outside, sit on the ground, sit beneath a tree, hold a rock in your hand, have some herbs burning, and just ask Uranus, help me come up with a better idea for this. Uranus is really good for good ideas and for revolutionary ideas. Okay, especially if there feels like there's no other answer, like our government does. Okay, <laughs> so Gemini's are definitely going to be feeling it hidden or very personal. Okay, and it will also depend on where Gemini is in your chart. So take a look at your birth chart. You're looking for this little orange symbol with the two lines in the box in the middle. Okay, you can also easily look online. Just Google symbols for Gemini and you'll get them. Okay. And the next one is Cancer. Now, Cancer, you know, Mars is going to be in your 11th house. Um, so Mars is, is likely, that's probably not necessarily. But for Cancers, you could be feeling the vibration around your friends. Okay. And around communities, around, around like small groups and you know, communities around you, okay? And you could be feeling like you show one side and then maybe they're like, well, geez, you don't have to be all, <laughs> okay? And uh, you could be like, oh, I think I came off as a little 
pissed off or too fast. You might go at something too fast or something like that. So just take your time, Cancers. Um, and also be aware that the moon is up on your MC at the end of the week, right? So where did she begin? No, she's going to start at the beginning of the week and your MC. Excuse me, I warned you. Mercury retrograde. Okay, so so the moon is on your MC. So your MC is your job, your work in the world, what you offer the world, okay? And the moon is up there at the beginning of the week, and it's going to move through your house of career, and then it's going to move through your house of uh, friends and communities, and will eventually start moving into the 12th house, which is the house of ancestors and unseen, okay? So um, so just be aware that that's the vibe you're going to kind of get through the week. You're going to kind of start with it up around your business and work and what you offer the world. And then it'll probably get scooch on over to your friends. So just be aware of that emotional energy, the intuition too. listen to your intuition, especially as it's in Aries. Um, you could get intuitive ideas when it's in Taurus you're probably more likely to, which is in the middle of the week, you're probably more likely to get stuff about earthy stuff about you internally. Could also be about your friends, like maybe something you have to let go. You could get some intuition about that. And I would also see that you could probably get some intuition about um, like, your ancestors, so mediums and things like that, you could find that your intuition would get better towards the end of the week. So if you're doing readings or you're arranging, you're scheduling readings now, push them to the end of the week and start out in the beginning of the week taking care of yourself and then at the end of the week do some readings, okay? Or do your live event or whatever's going on for you. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing other than, um, Pluto is trining in your house of relationships. So finding yeah. some positive change for around that would be great. Yeah, in the fourth house, I'm seeing that, yeah, relationships definitely, in addition to the friends sector, there's definitely stuff going on in the fourth house and with family and um, in Libra. So Libra is all about balance. So, you know, there's... Yeah, that'll definitely light up with the way that's angled to the moon. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mercury's in retrograde down there um, in your house of uh, family, ancestors, parents. Okay, so if you get something like that, be prepared for that, especially in Mer with Mercury in retrograde. That's the other thing, mediums. That's the second thing that I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> um, so you'd probably be better off as it moves later in the week. Okay. All right. So for Leo's, that Mercury is actually down in your house of siblings, family directly around you. So it's going to be the people that live in your house. So don't be surprised if there's some emotional stuff about higher thinking and stuff like that. Maybe one person thinks they're right. And maybe they're not, or maybe you think they're not, or something like that. So that you could never have... happens. <laughs> right. And so that will probably happen in your family at the beginning of the week. So you know what about when you're hearing this. But then as 
the week starts to go, you'll start to feel it loosen up a little bit and it will start to move into Taurus and um, Gemini over in your um, house of career and friends. Okay, so you're going to feel that you're going to feel that and you know Saturn is in relationships. So, uh, wow, if you're getting married or something like that, um, just I would I would recommend a, a composite or a sinistry chart with an, a professional astrologer before, before you decide to get married in the next six weeks. So um, a lot of energy with the <laughs> North Node Uranus and MC at the top of the chart there. Mm -hmm. revolutionary energy up in uh, Taurus mm -hmm. so earthy great ideas okay Taurus is very practical but is also very connected to um, things that feel good look good which Leo um, loves yeah pleasurable things so Leo should be able to really tap into that and you could find that energy in your work although there might be some revolution going right now in your in your place of business okay and um yeah and venus you know she's not retrograde is she no okay good um so you know venus she's moving through your first house so leo's if you start noticing i really need to get a massage <laughs> Go get your massage, okay? You Whatever want something special? You need. Do, Just it. do it. Just do it. Because you probably need it. And I'm a Leo moon. I'm getting my hair cut next week. <laughs> yeah. And it's in Virgo. So you'll probably make a pretty good choice. You'll probably make a good grounded choice, especially if you take a few minutes to, uh, you know, compare prices or read the reviews or whatever, um, whatever you need to do to make a better choice about what you need. Um, those things could come up but as the week goes on you will make a better choice towards the end of the week so if you can schedule it for thursday or friday do that okay and uh yeah that's the main those are the main important energies and for virgos happy birthday mm -hmm. um and virgos you know you're gonna have mercury in your second house and you're ruled by mercury so mercury is going to be playing a big part for the next six to eight weeks okay um and mercury's in opposition to jupiter which i mentioned and that's in your house of shadow and values and money and values so pay attention to how you're spending your money where you're spending your money um and pay attention to um also how you're how you're speaking about money mercury's in retrograde and if you go around saying that you're poor then you'll probably still remain poor if you go around saying well i'm still figuring it out and money's going to get better for me or money is getting better for me every day if you say those kinds of affirmations, they're going to be powerful right now, especially if you do it for the next four to six weeks. Okay, so because that's going to pull the energy out of your shadow work, and that is shadow work that I'm giving you. So instead of always saying that you're poor and always assuming that you will always be poor, you can change your reality by saying, 
I'm working on it and I'm getting better at handling money. I'm getting better at having more money. I am better now. And so keep saying that because it will help change things right now. And in the next six to eight weeks, you could completely flip your world. Okay? Because Mercury is in the second house right now. And it's in opposition to, to the eighth house, which is all about shadow work. Okay? So if you want to expand, try that. See if that helps you. Just kind of shift your resonance because whatever energies and, and, and energies are coming out of you can be shifted to other things and then therefore you will attract money, for instance, or attract love or whatever it is that you need to bring into your world, okay? So that's the big thing I'm going to say for Virgos right now. That's like the big thing. So we're going to practice saying, I am rich beyond measure because you are you are rich beyond measure and rich beyond measure mm -hmm. and venus is in your sign right now is in virgo and will remain in virgo for the entire week so i want to say that that's really good energy for you she's going to bless you up so the more you say that make some birthday wishes that's right okay wish for things because now's the time. Um, and the other thing you should pay attention to is like um, the system and how it affects your everyday life, including your health. Okay? How you interact with the system, how the system affects you, and how it um, brings either like it could have the potential to bless you. Because the Palace of Fortune is just right there. And, um, and, and that can bring, fortune doesn't always have to be money. It could be other things. But, you know, Saturn's right there with that devotionary thing, with the devotionary asteroid. Um, and the Palace of Fortune is sort of surrounding Saturn um, in this coming week. And just looking. Uh, sometimes I have to get close to see the transits. Okay. Um, and your relationships, um, you may uh, bust some illusions in your relationships around your birthday. Okay. Um, or you could also um, become aware of something in your relationships and it doesn't have to always be love it could be friendship or other relationships okay business stuff like that yeah. <clears throat> and virgos the mars is up at the top of the chart for you so that means it's be careful what you say and do uh in your work it can be very impactful could be very strong, um, or you could easily make a few mistakes. So just be ready to say you're sorry if you do do it. Gemini could go either way, you know. <laughs> it's Gemini. It's just that's Gemini. Mhm. Mm mhm. Yeah. Okay. Hello, 
My name is LaCrosse Ortiz, and this is Little Nuggets, because I'm a little guy. Today's Little Nugget. Um, today's Little Nugget comes from an actor, Jim Carrey. Um, it says, you stop explaining yourself when you realize people only understand from their level of perception. Okay. We, <clears throat> by nature, feel that we have to justify, explain the things we do. And the truth is you don't have to, you don't have to explain anything you say, anything you do to anyone, because in the end, the life you're living is yours. It's not theirs. When you explain too much, it tends to look like we're seeking acceptance. Like we need them to accept what we're doing and why we're doing it. And at the end of the day, what you're doing, you shouldn't have to justify to anybody. I mean, I know I've made a lot of big decisions in my life and a lot of people didn't like them, but they're not the ones living my life. I am. So that's today's little nugget. Live your life. Don't justify, don't explain yourself because the people who really love you they're going to be on that level and they're going to understand. And the people who don't are people who are going to get removed from your life. And that's okay. Both is okay. Because not everybody's going to be on your level of perception. Not everybody's going to be on your moral compass. Not everybody's going to be on the same wavelength. Okay. So don't explain yourself. Live your life and be happy. All right. And that's today's little nugget. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you next time. Welcome back. I'm so glad we could share that little piece with you. And we're ready to continue on through the Zodiac Libras. Be aware of anything you're saying because other people are going to see it differently. Hmm. And that's just part of it's in your 12th house, especially when it has to do with like ancestors and things like that, like um, things that have to do with um, the unseen. So when you're speaking, just try to like review it for a minute, um, you know, and just be aware that you could say things that other people could take a different way. So you might have to apologize or something like that. Okay. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just going to say, and there's nothing wrong with that, because none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. And I think it's a sign, personally, of good mental health when somebody gives you a quality apology. And remember, it's not always for them. It's for you to feel clean and clear in a situation. So don't be afraid of that. That's a good practice, in my opinion. And I am super wary of people who go, I never apologize. Right. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that you don't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm know. sorry. Cool. Yeah. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, I don't get that, people that don't apologize. I'm like, how can you go through life and never apologize for things? Oh, good grief. I couldn't <laughs> carry that much. It's just, that's too much to carry. It's so much easier to just, you know, fess up, you know, stand up and say, hey, look, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to come out that way or whatever, 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 whatever. And it, it, it may not clear it up with them because really, once you throw it out there and throw that apology out there, where it lands, it lands. If they want to receive it, great. And if they don't, that's fine too. But as long as you're willing to be the person to be able to say, hey, you know, this was my bad and throw it out there. You know, I don't have any control whether they receive it or not. I only have control as to whether I put it out there. And I think, and, and now I don't carry it anymore. And I think that's the whole thing. When you don't apologize, you're still carrying that. Whether it's internally, whether you think you are or not, you're still carrying that. And I'm not the one, I got too much to carry already. I just, I just, no, no. Yeah. Good one. Yep. That's a poof. <laughs> that's a poof. I feel that, yeah, I feel that someone that can't apologize definitely is poofed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely have to poof them out of here. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Well, Libra, be prepared. You might have to apologize or someone might take something you said in a different way than what you meant. It usually has more to do with the unseen. So um, for the mediums out there, I know that are listening, um, be aware that that could happen for you. Um, Could it also happen the other way, where they're the ones hearing? It could be. It's it's Mercury. Mercury's in the twelfth house. So yeah, they could hear something the wrong way, probably. Yeah. I'm curious with that twelfth house, it can. The twelfth house can be mysterious. It can be the occult. It can be. Um, it can be the shadow. It can be the thing you don't see. The thing that comes out of left field. Right. How do I know? I have a stellium in the 12th house. <laughs> I have three planets in the 12th house. So um, when that pot gets stirred and you don't always understand, like, why am I feeling this so intensely? Sometimes that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Me feel things intensely? <gasps> never. <laughs> that never happens. Okay. I see it's directly across from, what, Jupiter? The moon and Jupiter. Oh, the moon and Jupiter. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the thing is, is that with the moon, that's going to be emotional. Jupiter's um, in Aries, so it could be kind of fiery and kind of explosive. Um, but it could also be athletic. So um, now is not really a good time to slack off of your... Um, exercises of any kind. So hopefully you're doing, oh my gosh, I did so much yoga. My abs were on fire <laughs> for like 48 hours. I, you know, this makes sense because I was saying, what is going on that I'm like working, 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 working. And it's not just working at work. I work at work and then I come home and I work at, at home. And then after I work at home, I go and I work out. And I'm like, what is it with all this? I don't know, maybe Jupiter's gifting me this extra energy. To be well, able to accomplish these things, I don't know, but mm -hmm. well, Jupiter's in retrograde, okay. so they also have you evaluating mm -hmm. where you're putting your energy and what's yeah. worth it and what's not. Yeah, right. Here we'll speak to what's worth it. 
Um, especially in Aries, especially around athletics or anything that's physical. Um, that's why I mentioned athletics. So if you happen to be an athlete, um, you may find yourself like reevaluating your exercise routine or, um, or just shifting it, changing it. I decided to do a 21 day yoga challenge. Um, so like there's those kinds of things that you could be doing, but be careful. You don't overstrain yourself. That's yeah. also what I'm saying. And so part of that is because the sixth house is about health and the seventh house is about relationships, right? Have that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> sixth house is also about work and daily life. Right. right. So it's health and daily life. You can see how those two go together because you have to eat healthy every day, exercise every day, right? Okay. And those, that's kind of your everyday house, the sixth house. And um, Aries is in there right now. Um, I'm sorry, Jupiter is in Aries and Neptune is also there. So don't be surprised if you start going. Uh, I have this vision that I'm supposed to do yoga every day. <laughs> yes, all of that. All of that. Um, yeah. Or if you get it seriously with Neptune in the sixth house, you could get a download during your meditation that I really need to see the doctor about XYZ and do it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Or you get a you get a hit about God, you know what I really want to do for work? I've always loved blah blah blah. Pay attention to those messages because you could get really great downloads about what life is really saying. You know what would be really fun, wonderful, and great work? Boom. Yeah, and just keep thinking on it for a little while longer as the planets do their dance. And there will be a time that will be perfect launch time coming up, especially as we get into the winter. So also be aware that um, the moon is in positive aspect and um, oh, the node, the node um, is is squaring Saturn. So, you know, you um, are, that's, that has a lot to do with our current economy problems. <laughs> and so you can know that even what we're seeing in our politics in the world, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but that the moon square, I mean, sorry, that the node squaring Saturn, well, and this, the node is in Taurus, which is about money and value. Taurus tends to be about valuable things and money and they tend to like luxuries and things like that and if you're american you are in a luxurious work country okay mm -hmm. um trust i know it may not always Rich feel like measure. it may not always feel like you're in a luxurious country but you actually are and if you're listening to this you have a, you have more than some people in africa okay um and so be aware that it's squaring saturn right now so luxuries and easy things that we like to think of as special as treats could be a little bit harder to come by um because they're kind of pooling on each other squares are tension and mm -hmm. the squares can be great blessings because they force a decision and we've all had those moments where you know you you're gonna have to go one way or the other and uh and so a square can be a powerful energy that can help you move 
one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not necessarily comfortable, <laughs> that's for sure. Trines are very comfortable. Sometimes some say trines can be too comfortable. You forget to say thank you because you've got it so good. But squares make that action happen. And so they can be great blessings if you know what you're working with. Yeah, and I would also say that the um, the positive aspects to Mars could be that you're taking the right actions. They just may not pay off right away. Okay, so um, and that goes for that goes for just about everybody. Um, but the you know um, especially um, for Libras, it, Mars is in your house of shadow, so you could be looking a lot at your at your um, your temper or just shadow parts, the way you think about yourself or um, or your way of thinking things. And like the thing I told you earlier where you can wish or bring in um, a, a better financial outlook for yourself, okay? But that right there is there. And so try to tap into that, especially if it's out of the box or unusual because that will tie it to the Saturn in Aquarius and even the Pluto in Capricorn. Um, Pluto's about rebirth and reborn. And it's also Capricorn is very much about um, having great, being very grounded and doing things in a very practical business type of style. Sort of cold and calculated, but it, they get things done, okay? So Pluto in, in Capricorn also also um, in, uh, in a in that grand trine means it's going to be a little bit easier so we want to kind of tap into that grand trine we want to tap into that grounding energy but also be aware and listen to any ideas that you have that are out of the box especially that help you overcome your shadow especially for libras um dealing with shadow sex death taxes um and other people's money mm -hmm. i so. did want to say something about the restrictions um a lot of people think restrictions are bad and they're not because when you think of restriction it's almost like a discipline you know if you restrict yourself from eating that cupcake when you finally are able to eat the cupcake oh my god that is like the best cupcake in the whole stinking world you'll so, be so happy yeah <laughs> exactly so it's like i think it's all on your perception of the restriction because mm -hmm. you can look at it and say oh my god i can't have that or you can turn around and say okay i'm gonna I'm abide my time I'm going to, I'm going to keep it together. I'm going to keep it still wait patiently, patient wolf. That's why I'm a gentleman. And then you'll be able to go further and then be able to have that thing, you know? And, and the truth is we don't appreciate it when we can have it all the time. We live in a very, you know, you're right. We live in a very pampered, luxurious life. People, some people don't even have fans. They live it, you know, in such difficult ways and we'll complain because, you know, some of the slightest things. So, you know, I think with the restrictions, it's perspective, just my opinion. Agreed. I totally agree. Constraint creates yeah. creativity. You know, we always say necessity is the mother of invention. And that's when you're really being bared down on, right? You don't have a lot of choices, so you come up with something amazing. <laughs> so that's that's what we remember, right? Is that the diamond doesn't get created because it's just open space the diamond gets created because there is pressure yeah <laughs> right yeah. in the coal so yeah really good reminder that 
doesn't that doesn't need to be a negative it can definitely be a positive and for libras i also want to just point out that the moon will start in your house of relationships so you might find some emotional or intuition around your relationships especially related to fire or passion or athleticism um action like you know how much movement you're doing or something like that and the moon and it's not just love relationships friends it's also you know um partnerships friendships and things like that um and the moon will move through your house of shadow and will be in the house of higher knowledge um and higher thinking um by the end of the week so you will feel it in those areas of your life relationships and like i said sex death and taxes and other people's money which is the eighth house and the ninth house which is very much um very much like uh higher thinking higher knowledge education college okay or extra education outside of like regular school i'm seeing pluto there in the fourth and that's that's uh Pluto is transformation. So if there's uh, transformations happening with your relationship with your parents, your roots, uh, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lilith is up at the top, though. So if you're feeling fiercely independent <laughs> about um, something deep inside, especially, and you feel like, do I have to bring this forth? Um, there will be a time. Um, and you know, just keep just keep sitting on it. It's approaching Sirius, uh, the fixed star Sirius. So it's not there yet, though. Um, so you know, uh, Lilith, she's she's a asteroid, and she's super um, feminist and super um, a little bit. Some people she has a sexual reputation for being a sexual powerhouse, but also being uh, very fiercely independent. Okay. So, and she's at the top of your house. So don't be surprised if you're kind of feeling that at work or around something that you present to the world. But just, or yeah. If all women in the United States are feeling like we matter. <laughs> that could be some of that energy. We count. <laughs> Especially Stop as telling them what to do with their bodies. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's just hard to like not yeah. speak that fiercely because that's who Lilith is. Yeah. And there will be a reckoning. Mm -hmm. There will be a reckoning. <laughs> Make mark my words. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what happens. I, I, I now I'm now I want to like play with the charts and try to figure out when Lilith goes into Sirius to just see what happens. I'm still kind of studying and looking at fixed stars. Um, and I took a class with um, Michael Barwick, who's been on the show before um, at the conference, and he did talk about fixed stars. And we were talking about asteroids in it, and he was like, well, I've never looked at them, but he, it, you know, he invited all of us to look at them. Um, and so it would be curious to see um, how Lilith will be when she moves into the fixed star of Sirius. Okay, so um, we'll, I'll look further into that, and maybe I'll come back with it next week. Um, and find out when she's going to do that. Okay, so groovy astrology. That's yeah, the groovy stuff nobody talks about. <laughs> yeah, that's stuff that other people probably don't talk about quite as much. Um, and so we'll move on to Scorpios, my friendly Scorpios. 
um, Scorpio energy, um, transformational. So my transformational friends tap into the earth. Go outside, sit on the earth, tap into that earthy feeling. Because as a water sign, you really need that. Okay, so all of the water signs, Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio, pay attention, try to stay grounded. It, it will help you a lot, okay? Especially for water signs, okay? And, and water and fire. Um, Earth is just the, it just grounds you out instead of um, having you get caught up in the moon's activity because the moon is going to move from your house of children, creativity, and things like that through your house of daily life and into your house of relationships. And it could start approaching your eighth house of shadow. So just be aware that the moon is going to have this vibration in the beginning of the week. Emotional vibe. The moon really affects Scorpio, but um, it's actually ruled by Pluto or Mars. So we'll talk about that in a second. But the moon, I feel like, does affect Scorpio just because, especially people um, that have ovaries, because uh, it tends to really amplify the cyclical experience um, for Scorpio because Scorpio rules those parts of the bodies. So if you're having a hormone experience, you want to be paying attention to that, okay? And don't be surprised if it affects your ability to function um, in the next, like in your day-to-day -day life. Um, and it could also affect your relationships and it may start to put some pressure on your um, your shadow thinking. But Scorpios are good about taking that in and transforming it to what it needs to be. So just stay tapped into the earth. Now you are, Scorpios are ruled by Mars and Pluto. So um, <clears throat> Mars is in Gemini, of course, which is in the seventh house. So you may find that there is, um, you know, some relationships, things going on, but thank goodness Mars is in a good aspect um, to uh, Saturn. So that could really help um, with the system and things like that, okay? Especially around fathers or especially related to siblings and things like that, okay? So Mars... Mars is going to affect your relationships, especially with friends and family, okay? Because it's aspecting. It could be, it, it could actually get really easy, but there could also be some challenges around work, okay? So it might get easier with friends and family, but a little bit harder at work, okay? But just ride that challenge at work. Um, ride that challenge of your career because it's going it, it, to, it will become um, something that you master or do better eventually because it's a square. And I would just say, because what's speaking to me is that the second house ruler is Mercury and Mercury's in the 11th house with um, in Libra. And so that means your friends are really important. Communicating with your friends, maybe there's somebody you need to Pick up the phone and reach out to. Don't be surprised if somebody reaches out to you that you haven't heard from in a long time. Um, somebody could offer you an opportunity. A friend could offer an opportunity that um, you want to pay attention to. Um, 
Yeah. So friends, relationships, it's all about friends and relationships in this, in this chart. It's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your relationships are important. This sounds so obvious, but that's the truth right now. That's what this chart says. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So around relationships, including, uh, you may awaken to maybe an illusion that you inherited from your parents. Hmm. Mm. or something like that or from your ancestors okay Mm. so keep your eye open for that Mm -hmm. and um how it leads you and how it might change the way you do work okay so maybe they had some perceptions that you need to take a look at and decide if they're for you we don't have to be what our parents i i thought i seen a meme that I thought would be really helpful for that I wish I heard when I was 20. Um, you don't have to be what your parents expect you to be, by the way. Another seems so obvious <laughs> at the end of the day, but boy, it wasn't when we were when we needed to hear it. Yeah, 20 somethings. When I was 20, I thought I was supposed to do what my mom told me to do. How about you, lacrosse? Oh, not at 20. No, I was too rebellious. I was, I was like, nope, I'm out of here. So, <laughs> but you still, but you still, um, but you didn't honor your queerness until you were much older. Right? Oh yeah. No, not until I was much older, only because of fear, fear, because I saw what happened to other family members and, uh, and I didn't want that to happen to me, but I ended up getting going off on my own, got kicked out, all that. Anyway, so it was like, you know, I, I always tell, I always tell my children, I'm like, don't be a cookie cutter version of me because Mm -hmm. there's already one screw up. I don't need another. And I always tell them, I said, do yourself a favor and pick the best parts of me. If you want to be anything like me, pick the best parts and then create the rest of it on your own, make better parts on your own. Good so, job. You know, yeah, because nah, I don't want them to be like me. I've done too many mistakes. So, <laughs> yes, and so parents out there, and you have Scorpio kids, you know, just let them let them be themselves. Yeah, I admittedly was a good girl, and so I graduated at the top of my class. I was the outstanding graduate for my university, and very much did what I thought I was supposed to do and definitely had all those things, the Saturn return and great awakenings that happened in our twenties was very grateful for all the great awakenings. And, um, and because of that 12th house stellium was very aware that my spiritual path was very important to me and Catholicism was not it. Like, this isn't working for me. (laughs) I have a lot of questions y'all are answering, and some of your answers I just can't deal with. So that quest that we all go on in our 20s of who am I, why am I here, what is mine to do, what what are my gifts to bring, those are great questions, those are great quests to be on, and astrology can be so helpful in helping give a little direction when you're needing it about that's why I'm this way. Oh, wow. I wish somebody had helped me see this earlier. We're hoping, hopefully we're helping save you a little time along the way. Yeah. Cause 
I know the first time I had a chart reading in my 20s, I think it was right around my Saturn return, my head blew off. Oh, that's why I do that. So helpful. So helpful. Mm -hmm. And that's why I should do more of X, Y, Z or avoid this. And yeah. I think it's so good. Like as it's as a parent, if you could get these blueprints of your children and it, it, it stops the blame game. Oh, you're like your father or, oh, you're like your mother or, oh, you're like this or, oh, you got that from that. And then you can actually look at the chart. Okay. Now I understand why this behavior is here. This personality trait is here or this personality trait is there, you know, because it, it, it stops the blame game and helps you get a better understanding because if you can have a blueprint on, you know, of your DNA, then you can have a blueprint of your personality. And I think every parent should, you know, get that blueprint so that they can better understand. If anything, do it for the sake of your child. So you have a better, under I wish I would have learned so much earlier mm -hmm. and it would have saved myself aggravation and my children, the aggravation of me trying so hard to understand when I didn't, you know, it, seriously, because I would have looked at them, they would have done something. I'm like, what was that? I, okay. You know, I don't get it, but it could have saved a lot of aggravation, you know? And I think, yeah, absolutely. Even I was a, I was a baby astrologer when my son was a, was a little one. And I, constantly because i was a scorpio rising it's like oh we need to talk about our feelings <laughs> and my son's a cancer now my son's a libra so he's kind of like what? and then so he was kind of okay with it but he was a cancer rising so that part would always come up where he'd be like i don't know <laughs> He didn't know. Cancers right. know something's happening, but they don't know what. Right. My father was a cancer. He had a really long runway for patience until he did it. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they can be, cancers are really great at taking care of, you know, the home and making sure everyone is, um, taken care of their cancer, right? So the the metaphor of their house on their back, right? Um, but boy, the, the classic is they don't know they're angry until they hear themselves shouting. Mm. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So asking a cancer a lot about their feelings, if you're in relationship with a cancer and tell me how you feel, this is not their language. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. This is why yeah. you want to know astrology. Yeah. 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 And if I had known that, I probably would have chose a different approach. Right. Like in learning to identify our feelings um, and why we might feel be feeling that way or whatever. Um, we probably would it probably would have been more effective than what I was trying to do. I was just trying to make him um, help him be aware of his feelings because I thought I was of the 80s. I thought talking about your feelings was important. So. <laughs> No, 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 same. I get it. I'm going to communicate with me. Communicate. Right. right. Okay? So that I can understand you. Communicate. Because I'm not psychic. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I and I feel like there's something going on yeah. because I'm a Scorpio rising. I can feel it. But let me tell you the feeling you're having. 
but he couldn't tell me what was going on. No, me. I'll be. I'll tell you if it's justified or not. Okay, because I'm the Libra and I'm over here. Well, let's talk about this. No, there's no reason for that. You know, I think it was so stupid. You know, but once again, I mean, I think it's important to learn these things, to look at their childhood. So I'm so glad I'm learning now. I may not be able to do anything for their childhood, but at least now as an adult, I can better understand them and put things yeah. into a better perspective. And that's the other thing that we need to take a perspective on is that definitely these things will show up for children. But I want to say that the most mature version of yourself for those people that are in their 20s right now, if you still feel like... Like, I kind of felt like I'm a kid. Like, I didn't feel like I was really grown up. Mm -hmm. And that's because your Saturn returns is actually the time that you become really grown up. That's like your astrological grow up time. Okay? So Saturn returns happens around 27 years old, sometimes a little before, by a year or two, sometimes a little after. It really depends. You can look at your chart. Saturn returns means when Saturn comes back to the place it was when you were born. So if your Saturn is in Aquarius right now, you are in your Saturn returns right now. Okay? And you have been since like 2019, 2020, and you will be for the next year or so. Okay? And that means big things are going to change. Your perceptions are going to change. And that's what's that. And you're going to kind of grow up in a way some people may not experience a strong saturn returns the first time um and i noticed that that happens a lot to people born with saturn in retrograde but then by the second saturn returns they get it okay and it's not always easy yeah but you'll get it okay so um then the next one is a sag for sagittarius's you know, you want to be paying attention um, to, there's Mercury. It's in your 11th house. So be careful about what you're saying to your friends. There may be some confusion about what you're saying and what you mean um, or what you are intending, especially around your siblings as well or your friends in your immediate environment. They may take what you're saying the wrong way. Um, and also be aware um that your venus venus is in your ninth house so that's about higher thinking and stuff like that so if you get the opportunity to learn something revolutionary some sort of class or something comes to you or a talk or something listen to it because there's probably some sort of enlightenment that could come to you especially sages um sages love enlightenment so i'm pointing you into the way that you might like to go <laughs> And just be aware that Mars is in your sixth house, so slow down, okay? Be careful of those feet and legs, Sages, okay? And hold on to your back. Just make sure you do the things that you need to do to maintain your body in a good way. Um, you know, do your exercises, do your stretching, your yoga, whatever it is you need to do to take care of your body to make sure you don't... Um, like, just be careful of falling and things like that, okay? Especially if you're in a hurry. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, also uh, be aware that the system, right? Okay? And that's going to be part of your daily life. You're going to have to really try to figure out where your place is in the system and how that fits you in your daily life, okay? 
there might there could be some challenges around that and there could also be some stuff that you're taking for granted okay so be aware of stuff in your daily life that you're taking for granted especially around revolutionary ideas in the system okay um all right and uh the other thing is is that the moon is uh, i don't want to forget to talk about the moon because the moon's really what kind of really changes the way things feel all week long so in the beginning of the week it's going to start off about your ancestors and your history and maybe some things coming up around that and then it's going to start shifting into more of your creative energy so start doing some creative things or romantic things um, or things with children um, all of that kind of energy you want to engage that that could really help you midweek so that by the time you get to the end of the week you're prepared for anything that might come up around your emotions your daily life and your relationships okay and that's and Capricorns, um, Capricorns, I want to say the same thing, um, the, well, the moon, the moon's going to start off in, like, people around you, people in your um, house, your siblings, and your immediate environment, and, you know, it's going to start off there, so you could find some intuition or some emotions around there or just some sort of heightened emotions and things like that. And then it's going to start moving into, you may also, it may bring you to understand something about your ancestors or your parents or something like that. It could kind of light that up for you. And as you go forward, it's going to light up your creativity. So go ahead and engage that creative energy towards the end of the week because it's going to lead you to a good place with your day-to-day -day life. Um, Don't you love that? Creativity. Yay, Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And Capricorn. you got some nice trines there. Mm -hmm. And Capricorn, if you're feeling very fiercely independent, uh, Lilith is at your descendant. So you may also find yourself either very attracted to independent people or independent people very attracted to you, especially feminists and strong women, okay? Um, especially if you're naturally attracted to women, okay? Or if uh, feminine people, it doesn't have to be a woman, okay? It could be a feminine person or a feminine presenting person. Yes, drag queens count, okay? <laughs> um, definitely, absolutely. And uh, so I would say, you know, also the moon's starting to move over to um, Palace of Fort. Uh, sorry, the strategic asteroid, that's that diamond looking asteroid there in Cancer. As it starts to move towards that, um, you know, I want to say start paying attention um, even into the following week to your strategies. And the reason I say that for Capricorns is because it, it it's, it's definitely has to do with your work, okay? Which is right um, or in your, your daily house. or in your daily life yes yeah, so start paying attention to your strategies and stuff like that about your daily life try to hone that in and figure out what what would be better for you and that revolutionary energy is down there in your house of um, ancestors and parents so don't be afraid to change your thinking um, especially if you're connected with the earth and you're like I don't know. My dad always said that recycling was a waste of time, but I think I disagree with him. I think things have changed. 
Okay. So be open, be open to other illusions that may just sort of disintegrate under your grounded perspective. Okay. Especially Capricorns right now. All right. Cause Pluto's in Capricorn and has been there for a while. So if you've been feeling some rebirth out there, Capricorns, I know a few Capricorns that are going through some stuff. Oh boy. And I'm just going to say, if that's been happening to you, be aware that Pluto is there and it will eventually move, but it does t tend to bring a lot of rebirth and things around death and things like that. And it does move slowly. So just try to embrace the lessons that are being presented to you in a way that helps bring down your higher self. Okay. Helps you get closer to your higher self. Aquarius is, oh boy, <laughs> we're almost done. Two more signs. Aquarius, I'm just going to say, Saturn's been in Aquarius for quite some time. Now it's going to be in your 12th or your first house, somewhere around there. So it's still going to be about you, but it's also could be um, under illusions, um, depending on where, how, how Saturn, um, fall, where you are, what degree Aquarius you are. Um, but anyway, so Aquarius is, you're also going to notice that, uh, you know, your relationships uh, could get very interesting uh, with a very large mix over here in the seventh house. Um, yeah, that where first Virgo and seventh <laughs> opposition is, whew, there's a lot of energy between those two. You got a lot going on. So Aquarius is, you know, if you find your typical movement of wanting to pull back, that's probably okay. But make sure when you pull back, you go sit on the earth, go touch a tree, hold a rock because um, it will be easier easier for you to channel the trine that is involved in the stars right now, um, because you're gonna need that, especially around relationships. You might find yourself getting triggered. You might find yourself also being like, God, are you like my mother? Or um, even um, questions of like communication um, and values, okay? But it could be really good, but you may also feel your visions your perspectives pulling back on that okay like you're like yeah the relationship's okay but it doesn't allow for me to do this and um aquarius could really be experiencing that right now which is something you've probably experienced before in the past and um here we're happening it's happening again oh and the moon is going to move from your house of money in the beginning of the week it's going to move through your house of um, siblings and people directly around you in your immediate community into um, the fourth house of ancestors and your parents and things like that. Okay. All right. Um, and here we go. Uh, Pisces, we're almost done here. Pisces, the moon is in your first house. So be aware of your personal emotions, your personal experiences in this. Try to uh, stay as calm as possible, but you may find that your temper actually gets lit up because uh, moon is in Aries, okay? And if that happens, it's okay. Just try to stay calm. Be prepared to apologize. Um, but also, um, you know, pay attention to the system that's probably in your 12th house that you tend not to notice or not to see other people see you stepping out of the system but you continue you know you may not see 
the system that you need to be seeing, okay? Um, and be aware of rebirth with friends and family um, and relationships, especially around money, okay? And relationships could be business relationships, absolutely. And Mercury's in the seventh house in relationships, so be careful about your communication with those you love, especially in relation to what you're feeling and thinking. Maybe take some time to go sit on the earth and uh, make sure that you're saying what you need, mean and actually connecting to what you feel. Because uh, Pisces, you know, you're watery sometimes and your emotions can easily get mixed up with other people's emotions and you can easily become a little bit more codependent. Um, so Libras have the tendency to do that too. So just pull back, go sit on the earth and figure out what it is you need and then try to find a compromise with your partner. Okay. Very good read. Do you mm. see anything else? I thought that was spot on. Okay. That's great. <clears throat> you at this. <laughs> I learned so much from you. I love I it. You know, astrology is really has a lot to do with how we got together. So people love that story. Hollis and I were friends and my birthday was coming up and Hollis was like, yeah, I'm practicing doing charts professionally and I thought I'd offer you a birthday gift. Can I do your chart for you? And I was like, oh, you are gonna have the goods on me. <laughs> and at the time, you know, we saw each other once a year at an event we did called the New York Fairy Festival. And I was like, well, we don't really run in the same circles. I'm in Colorado, you're in Pennsylvania. This is a gift. Wow, what am I, why am I even pausing? Yes, thank you very much. And it was so insightful and it helped me, for lack of a better word, stop shadow boxing myself, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was like, oh, these things, these are my gifts. Okay, those are the things I, I could work on those, but stop trying to change this part of you. This is you, you know? Right. Really help me embrace my gifts, really help me understand where I get myself wrapped up. Uh, wrapped around the axle is what I call it. And, um, and how, to, how to honor my gifts, how to really move forward in a way that is um, useful in bringing my gifts forward to the world. And where my self-doubt, self-criticism, you know, where those shadows were. Oh yeah, that little, you know, insistent self-doubt thing that happens is because of what you've got going on in the 12th house. That's part of what happens with people who have a lot of stuff going on in the 12th house. We tend to doubt ourselves. Oops, but it's part of the process. So then it's like, oh, you know what? That's probably not such a bad thing because I have a Sag sun and a Leo moon. And there's a little thing called arrogance that comes with that, that I'm not proud of, that I have to really work at tempering. So sometimes that self-doubt tempers that out. <laughs> We're all made unique. Each person's star map is 100% unique. There is no one like you. There will be other people who have similar things, but you are the authentic you. Mm -hmm. And knowing how to do you the best way possible, I think is priceless. So thank you so much for being such a great teacher, 
you're sharing your wisdom and your insight and your real ability to kind of just channel it. Thanks. I appreciate that. I love how they say that the only time that map was available was 25,000 years ago. That's the only time that is identical, 25,000 years. That's how unique you are. Nobody had your birth map for 25,000 years. So that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So when, when you start really thinking about astrology on that deep kind of level, you realize that each and every one of us is a unique human being. So if you need, um, if you need guidance, if you need help, if you're saying, oh my gosh, Hollis, will you please look at my chart? I will. Um, please um, just make an appointment at my website, divineandrogen.com. I don't charge a lot for astrology charts but it is appropriate to give a little bit of something for someone to look at your chart. Um, and that keeps it clean. That keeps it energetically clean. I actually believe that you should always give money for any kind of reading. Um, so, you know, I always feel like you should give something, uh, even if it's not money, it could be some other exchange. And yes, I'm open to other types of exchanges. So friends, um, thank you very much for listening, for honing in. I appreciate your uh, your insight, Brighthawk, and your vision of the light. I feel like you bring the light down from the sun, like that's what you do. And Lacrosse, I totally appreciate your depth, and I think I think that there's a part of you that comes forward, and I, I like that you bring the 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 shadow. The we if you look at the shadow that we embrace the shadow. I'm not afraid of shadow, and I've always been the type to embrace it. So I appreciate you bringing that forth and helping us make sure that we we see things and we work through our shadows in a good way. Thank you. And thank you. As usual, it's like now I can actually follow the map and I'm like, oh, ooh, I see it. I can understand. So it's really cool. Thank you. Isn't that fun? Yeah, you're welcome, guys. And you know, um, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing this soul astrology. We're gonna try to keep it attached to your soul, meaning that we'll try to guide you to where your soul is supposed to go through your astrology um instead of um we're not trying to create fear or whatever we're trying to help you surf the surf these times so that you can do it in a way that's good for you so always listen to your intuition always listen to your heart even mistakes are made to happen are meant to happen in fact so um allow them to happen even if it is a mistake all right, my friends, and um, oh, a tarot reading. Yes, Brighthawk's like, you have to do a tarot pool. I was about to just close up. Okay, and uh, all right. Everybody so, loves your reading. All right, so me. like, I'm ready to go. I don't know about you. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you know. Love is love. This is a pride deck, okay? And if you're watching the video, you can see them. And I'm going to pull three cards. Take what you like. Leave the rest. That goes for this entire podcast. Um, take what you like and leave the rest. And that's really what it's all about. So my friends in the past, um, we've had to make some choices, eh? We've had to make some choices about things. And that's just exactly what this is. This is the oppositions that I was talking about. This is pushing and pulling on two different ways and choices, especially shadow and light, especially listening to our emotions, especially tapping into that kind of thing. And as we're going forward, 
Um, this is in the past, so this is the Two of Swords, okay? So if you're familiar with Tarot, you know what that represents. But in this deck, it also represents a choice that we had to make in the past. And we made that choice, and actually, we're feeling pretty good about it. We think we did the right thing. There's some illusion around it, and we're not really sure. So if you're experiencing some illusions, remember that Neptune transit right now. Just stay close to it and keep looking at it. Use your critical thinking skills, okay? This is Ace of Cups. So this is that emotionally you're feeling really good about that choice, okay? But you're not always sure, you're not sure where it's going to take you, right? And that's an interesting thing because <laughs> it's going to take you. It's going to take you to the sun, honey. It's going to take you to the rainbows. It's going to take you to the best of the best in the best way it can be. Actually, it will bloom. It will evolve. It will come forward. So whatever that choice was that you're feeling kind of emotional about right now, that you're feeling emotionally good about, right? But where is it going to take you? You feel a little illusionary about it. Like you're like, am I under an illusion? Is this not really going to work? Those kinds of self-doubts. That's okay because it will take you forward. And this is the sun card, okay? And this is, of course, about having our dreams come true and rainbows and all the good things, my fellow queers. So remember, two of swords in the past, which is about choices, a choice you made in the past, and you might be having an emotional experience about it right now. It feels pretty good, but you're not sure if you're under some illusions. That's a, this is a fairy in the picture. You can see if you're looking at it, there's a fairy in the picture. And it's very kind of a delusionary um, card. And as we're going forward, it will bring to us the light. It will bring us the sun. It will bring good growth and happy times, actually. So we are going forward. Keep going forward with whatever you got going on. Okay, my friends? And that pretty much um, ends our show today. And I want to say thank you to all of you for listening. Thank, thank you all so much. Thank you all. Well, Thanks see you next week. <laughs> and tune in next week to see what happens in the stars. <laughs> all right, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's Soul Astrology and subscribing, liking, sharing, and reviewing. We hope you enjoy this dose of Soul Astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars. Take a moment to step outside and honor the planet, stars, and moon in the sky with your heart. Integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.